Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Skylar Mapes is a native of Oakland, California. She worked in the design industry and then the wine industry before co-founding Exao Olive Oil in 2017. Skylar became interested in olive oil after meeting her husband and learning about olive trees. In 2017, she moved to Calabria, South Italy with her husband to learn the olive oil industry. She harvested, pressed, bottled, designed packaging, then imported the products to the U.S. to sell directly to customers. Exao has been recognized for producing, quote, one of the world's best olive oils and recently started an olive oil membership. Skylar is dedicated to educating the public about high quality olive oil and fair representation for women of color in the olive oil industry. To this day, she's never met another black female olive oil producer. Wow. Skylar, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that, that's crazy. So do you think you're the only one? No, I have since I've been doing a little bit more digging and trying to find other black women in this space. And so far I've found one that's actually a producer. And when you produce olive oil, there's a very close connection with the agriculture industry, right? So the way that XL is doing things, we're harvesting, pressing, bottling, and selling the product direct to consumer. So Mm -hmm. we're very much attached to the trees because we're out in Campania, which is the olive grove in Italian and really connecting with the product. And then there's people that resell olive oil where they're reselling oils from producers. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that distinction is really important to make because there's not a lot of black people in farming or agriculture in general. There's definitely not a lot of black women. Wow. Okay, tell us about your background, how you started out in architecture. Is that right? Yes. So my undergrad degree is in architecture from Arizona State University. And my last semester of university, my professor told us that if we took her seminar, she would ensure that we got an internship in Barcelona at a very prestigious architecture firm. And Mm -hmm. I jumped at the opportunity because I had never been to Europe and I wanted to go. So instead of just like visiting Europe first, I moved there. (laughs) I moved to Spain. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it was so much fun with four other architecture students. And that my dream was to become an architect and design high-end homes, beautiful restaurants, bars, hotels. And after working in the architecture industry, in Europe and in the US, I started to become feel very stagnant. And that's when I kind of started thinking about, well, when after Giuseppe introduced the idea of olive oil to me, my mind started to wander. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let's just back up a tiny bit, because I read that you were doing winemaking for a little while. You're working in the wine industry. Is that right? 
Yes. And that is when my mind started to wander. Okay. So after working in architecture, like I said, I kind of, I wanted to experiment and try something else. And Giuseppe and I had gotten married in 2016. And mm-hmm. I believe it was shortly before we got married, he came to the U S and we were at a big box store. He tasted the olive oil off the shelf. And he said, I can't do this. I need my mom to send me a 150 liter tank of olive oil right now. <laughs> I can't use this. Okay. So how did you get into to the winemaking area after architecture? I started making wine at Rockwall Wine in Alameda, California under Shauna Rosenblum, who's a very good family friend. And after Giuseppe had told me that he didn't like the olive oil in the US and he wanted to start a company. I said, no, we can't start an agriculture business because my background's in design. But what he did was really plant the seed that made me very curious about the agriculture industry in general. And being from Northern California, I had been around vineyards and wineries and spent a lot of time in wineries. And my parents Mm -hmm. were part of a million wine clubs. So it Mm -hmm. felt natural for me to maybe take a step in the the wine direction. Wait, so you were working in wine after meeting your husband? Is that right? Yes. Oh, that's why I'm so confused. Okay, got it. So now I understand. So you went to Italy, you met your husband there, and then you got into the winemaking. Yeah. He tasted the olive oil and he said, this is not olive oil. It wasn't that beautiful, medium bodied, fruit forward Calabrian olive oil that's from Mm -hmm. his hometown. Yes. And we can get into what that means later, but that's what he was craving and looking for. And it it just, we didn't have that here. So he's, he, he really wanted that, but my roots in the wine industry go back to Rockwall and working under Shauna. And I just asked her, Hey, can I come work in the cellar for a little bit? And she said, yes, come work with me. And I told her Giuseppe's wild idea of wanting to start an olive oil company And she was really encouraging and said, you know, you should really think about that because you have a great opportunity there. And if you're going to do it, you should do it a hundred percent. And she, she was really supportive and offered to have our future company participate in events at Rockwall. Um, And so I'm always really grateful to her for that. Yeah. I love that women working together is, you know, so many amazing partnerships can happen. And yeah. And that, that heart, that crush is what they call it. The fall crush was so beautiful. I mean, it was a, over like 20 people working together because Rockwell is a big, it's a big company. And mm-hmm. so there was over 20 people in the cellar working together, people cleaning the half ton bins, getting into the tanks, cleaning them out, taking the half ton bins outside and doing punch downs. <laughs> with this do you know a lot about the wine no, industry they have like this it's like a long tool and it kind of has like a flat round bottom and mm-hmm. you have to push the grapes down mm. so that way they're not they're, they're fermenting equally wow that must be fun it's really fun but it also attracts a lot of wasps oh. so i got stung a couple times <laughs> the hazard girls yes <laughs> yeah and from there, I became really interested in olive oil because I said, it, "I said if olive oil is as much fun as making wine is, yeah, then I can do this." And after seeing how incredible, like a manager and team leader Shauna was, I was like, "You know what? I can, I can do this." Mm-hmm. You had her as a as a role model in a way. Yes. 
So, so you went back to Italy with your husband at that point and, and you got introduced to the farm or had you already seen it? I had already seen the farm. So, but I hadn't seen harvest because harvest happens in the fall. And usually when people are going to Calabria, it's for summer vacation. Mm. So I had seen the grove. It, it's called, they're called olive grove. Some people call them orchards, but it's an olive grove. Mm. And that was one of the first things that Giuseppe introduced me to when I went to Calabria for the very first time. He's asked me if I wanted to meet his olive trees. And of course I said, yes. <laughs> and they're beautiful. You wanted to meet his olive trees. Oh, yes. Again, harvest is happening in the fall. So I had never been to Calabria through the fall and winter. I had only seen it during this like beautiful summer period where people are there on vacation. So I knew that it was going to get gritty and hard, but I didn't know how tough the winter was there. And so that was really interesting to be there and experience. And so did you move there at that point? We moved to Calabria in September 2017 for seven months to start the company. Mm. Okay. So tell us about the company. What, you know, what is different about Calabrian olive oil? Oh, that's such a vast question. I mean, it's tied in. That question is a political question. It's a social Mm. question. It's a geographical question because Calabrian olive oil, the Calabria first off produces almost 33% of all of Italy's oil Mm. and South Italy produces 84%. So it's this powerhouse that's not really talked about in the U.S. and other parts of Europe that is creating so many complex varietals. So you have the mountainous regions of Calabria that where they grow a lot of raginella, and that's a very extremely fruit-forward oil where you get notes of banana and plum. And then you have a varietal that's grown along the coast a varietal we grow, which is called Catalea, that only grows naturally within 70 kilometers. And our property happens to be within that 70 kilometers. And it has notes of green apple, heavy citrus on the nose, finishing with Mm -hmm. pine nuts. And the oils, I would say, across the board in Calabria are medium bodied, but very Mm -hmm. fruit forward. And they have that slight butteriness, but it's not so buttery and grassy and green that it feels overly herbaceous. It's, it has enough fruit notes but you can pair it with sweet sweet foods and it feels very well balanced oh sounds amazing i have i've only tasted one olive oil in the u.s that in california northern california that is comparable to a calabrian olive oil really flavor profile wise yeah so do you find that you spend a lot of time educating the public about your product what it's like how it's different absolutely um that's one of the biggest things that we do people Mm -hmm. We've gotten extremely disconnected from our food, where our food comes from, who's growing it, what does it mean for an olive oil to be extra virgin? That's These are not questions that people always ask every day. I think we're getting to a place where people are becoming much more curious about their food, but we do spend a good amount of time educating consumers about like what is extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. And... You, you are doing a direct-to-consumer model, but also it is a subscription model. Is that correct? Yes. So we sell yeah. bottles individually mm-hmm. and we do have a membership. So there's two memberships. There's the 12 Magnaval, which is 12 bottles a year. And then the Excelsis, which is six bottles per year. And why a subscription model? 
Our customers asked for it, actually. <laughs> Almost two years ago, we were at events and we were kind of thinking of, we had the idea of a subscription model, but when we brought it up to customers, they said, you should really do that. I mean, it would make my life easier because yeah. sometimes I forget to pick up more olive oil or I can't get a certain type of olive oil, especially because it is a seasonal product. That's the other thing. Like we have this mentality that products are always available. Food products are not always available. Products like wine, olive oil, honey, they have seasons, they have harvests, they have, they're working with time and you harvest in the fall and then you benefit in the spring with olive oil. And so being able to guarantee that our customers, our subscribers or members are getting the freshest olive oil year round, I think that's something that they find a lot of value in. But then can they leave it on the shelf? Does it last? So it's best to consume your olive oil. If it's open, consume within 30 days of opening the bottle. If it's a sealed bottle, our bottles are sealed with nitrogen. Mm -hmm. And you can leave it for two years. However, it's best within a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like you're not going to really be having that problem so much with the delicious olive oil. <laughs> it's exactly. It's usually, olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually not a problem. You know, you mentioned that you started out in architecture, then you were in wine, now olive oil. These are all actually male-dominated spaces. So can you tell us about that? What is What have your experiences been like in these diff three different industries, um, especially, I guess, olive oil, because that's really where you're taking a major leadership role? You know, what challenges have you encountered and anything you'd like to share? I also worked in structural engineering as a BIM specialist. So that is really? also, yes. That. So you, re you really run the gamut here. So you, yeah. you gotta give us, yeah, you got to give us some advice. <laughs> I've always had a big personality and kind of question why things are the way they are, especially when it comes mm -hmm. to male and female roles in society, within, within career paths. I just didn't get it. It's like, why can't I just do that? Yeah. And so for me, I remember working at one of the first architecture firms I was at, having my bosses kind of like shush me down, like make mm -hmm. me small. Mm -hmm. And that was not going to go over very well with me because if I have something to say, I'm going to say it. Like they kind of tried to shush me in a meeting. And I remember being like, who the hell are you to try and shush yeah. me? Like you need to shush. Yeah, I have great ideas. You need to right. sh shush and I'm going to speak. And I, I was 22 years old and I, they probably thought I was just a cocky 22 year old, but yeah. Well, I mean like what better age to, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great age to sort of like, you know, you don't even really think about the consequences at that age. You're just kind of like, what? That this is <laughs> this is how it is. So yeah, exactly. did you change it all as you got older? It did. When I got to the structural engineering firm, they didn't really try to make me small. And I appreciated that. There's also a lot of women. I mean, that company is almost 50% women, which I really appreciated. So Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Numbers. I would say the only thing I would like to see is more women in leadership roles and also more women of color in architecture yeah. and engineering. Like I'm now I'm thinking back about if I've ever met a black female architect while working in the, that space. And I never mm -hmm. did, which is something I didn't think about in the moment. But now looking back, I just think that's crazy. Yeah. How can that be working with so many architects and engineers? I didn't meet another female black engineer either. 
and we worked on really big structures. So that's disheartening and really unfortunate, but I do think that change is coming and I'm really excited for the future. And as far as the olive oil industry, olive oil is not something that someone usually just like plans to get into. It's more of an industry that you somehow find yourself in. <laughs> like myself, I didn't, when growing up, I didn't say, I want to be an olive oil producer when I grew up. I wanted to be an architect and now I'm an olive oil producer. But yeah. getting into this industry, you have to climb in, especially if you're a woman, you have to climb in the back window or like go up the fire escape because they're not what, tell us what going you mean by the next space what, for you. What do you mean? Go in the um, back so if I had to start the olive oil company in the U.S., I wouldn't have the company that I had today because I didn't, I wouldn't have gotten the support that I've had so far. Whereas in Calabria, I was able to get so much support to start our company because there are more female olive oil producers in Italy mm. in general. But I also just think that the way that like Italians function, they just have a lot of respect for women like whether it's in a professional setting or mm -hmm. at home. I mean, women in Italian households run the household. <laughs> so they really are. There's a lot of respect for women in general. But I never felt like at the press, I'll be the only woman there. And I never felt less than. The men were very curious as to why there was a Black American female olive oil producer there. Right. And why I knew everybody at the press because it was my third harvest. So I do get stares sometimes as they're trying to figure me out. They're like, what is she doing here? She speaks English. <laughs> she speaks Italian. But they just, they're very curious and they want to know like why I'm there and what we're doing. And then the minute that we tell them, because Giuseppe is always at the press with me, the minute that Giuseppe and I tell them like what we're doing and about our olive oil company, they are all on board. They're like, oh my goodness. Like if you ever need more trees, like I have this and that, my son's over there. They're just all on board. And when it comes to like us to bottling time for bottling, we've had friends just stop by and say, Hey, let me help you bottle. And that would yeah. never happen in California. Well, I mean, you're, you're speaking, I guess, to the culture of Italy and how that's different and you find it more friendly to women. Um, so do you think that a lot of that has to do with um, the family connections or is, do you think it's just um, a friendlier place for women in general to, to get into these types of industries? Both. Yeah. But I especially think it's easier for women to get into these industries because they value and have more respect for agriculture there. Mm -hmm. And people that work in agriculture aren't seen as like, oh, those poor people that work in agriculture, where I think that that mentality is very common. And it's not super health. That's not healthy to have because people that are producing your food are extremely important. We need to have so much respect for them because they are putting food on our tables. And yeah, I mean, Italy, it they're just so, so valued. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, that's, that's, that's great to hear. No, it just runs so deep. I think, you know, you were talking about how in America we have in the United States, we have these perceptions of people in agriculture. Um, and for me, the first thing I thought of is, you know, as a child reading books, far, but when you see farmers, it's always a man. And then it's always the farmer's wife. Mm -hmm. And um, I know like I have two, two small children and I spent a lot of time going through their books and uh, making notes and like 
discussing it with them and saying like, well, in this book, the farmer is a man, but when we read it, we're going to change that because maybe the people who wrote this book weren't being fair, (laughs) you know, and and we try to have like all these discussions, but I think a lot of it does run really deep into, you know, the media and our culture. So I wonder how, you know, I wonder how things would be if we started changing those perspectives a little bit here in the U.S. I hope, you know, I hope you can play a big part in that. Yeah, and it's already changing. Also, just as for some context, in Italy, the women used to do the harvesting of the Mm -hmm. olives and they have photos Mm -hmm. of them. It's really beautiful. It's like all these women with their super long dresses and they're carrying olives in their aprons and then also Mm -hmm. in baskets on top of their heads. And it's because all their husbands were away at the war. Mm -hmm. And so they had to take on those duties. And so when I am at the press with all these like old Italian farmers, they called me an old fashioned Calabrian woman, which is a very nice compliment. (laughs) (laughs) So did that, did that carry over though after the war? Yeah, no, 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 it didn't. The men came back, went back to work, and then the women went back to making house. But even then, the, the women will go out and like pick tomatoes and smaller agricultural tasks, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then jarring of tomatoes and jarring of like bell peppers and mushrooms is still extremely common in Calabria. I mean, they're very famous for it, for food sotolio, which is foods under oil. So they have a lot of the, like the housewives have a lot of tasks that they do. All right. So speaking of, you know, house, household divisions, what is it like working with your husband in this, in a major startup? It's amazing. It allows us to communicate really Mm -hmm. well, most of the time, because I know how to talk to him. Yeah, And we spend a lot of time together so we can get things done efficiently for the business. It is Mm -hmm. sometimes hard to take personal time, but I really enjoy it. And I can't imagine doing this with someone else, even a really good friend after working with him. Yeah. I think working with your, I work with my husband too. So I think we have, we have two businesses that we operate together. And I think that it's one of those things where either it's going to work incredibly and amazingly and it's magic or (laughs) or it's not for you at all Mm -hmm. you know I don't think there's much of a medium there so but I love you know I love the love story that I read uh, about how you and your husband met and I would love to for you just to give us like a little quick summary of how how you met him and and the first time you he took you to see the the olives yeah so I met Giuseppe in July of 2014 while I was interning in Barcelona. So I flew to Rome with my roommates Mm -hmm. and we were three young ladies meandering around Rome, looking at all these beautiful old buildings that we had studied in university, which was really special, right? So we were just Mm -hmm. going crazy looking at the Colosseum and the Pantheon. And I met Giuseppe the second night there we kept in touch and we're talking for a couple weeks and he told me he would come visit me in Barcelona if I flew back to Rome and drove seven hours down to Calabria to meet his mom. Mm. 
And I had only known him for a couple weeks at this point. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is crazy. And I asked my friends, am I crazy for doing this? And they were like, it's Europe, it's fine. (laughs) And so I flew back to Rome, drove seven hours down to Calabria, which is a gorgeous drive. It has all these tunnels. You're kind of driving down the spine of Italy. And there's just tunnel after tunnel and sections of that drive. You're actually driving over a highway that's almost a bridge because it's so high up. Mm-hmm. And so you're sprawling from one tunnel to another over this section of really high bridge. And it's beautiful. It's just all green around you. So at the very end of the drive, we st- finally start getting close to the coast, but it was nighttime. So I couldn't see anything. I could just kind of smell it. And mm-hmm. we get to this tiny town and it doesn't have a lot of lights and we pull up to the house and I can kind of like receive the, the reflection of the moon and the water. And I'm like, wow, we're really close to the sea. And we go up to the front door and his parents open the door and they greet me and they don't speak any English. So I'm speaking back then <laughs> I spoke Spanish and just separately speak Italian and English to me. And that's how we communicated. So it was kind of <laughs> just uh-huh. communicate the best you can and whatever language, you know, and Giuseppe, Giuseppe's mom guides us into the kitchen and there's so much food, like fried calamari, fried cuttlefish, fried little fish, parmigiana, mm. all these things, like food sotolio, yeah. all these traditional Calabrian dishes. And it was so good. It's one of the best meals I've ever eaten to this day. And mm. I'm sitting there eating next to Giuseppe and Giuseppe's mom is also on my right side. Giuseppe's on my left side. And Giuseppe's mom is leaning on her elbow on the table, staring at me. That's what I wanted to know. I asked Giuseppe, I'm like, why is she staring at me? And he's like, mom, why are you staring at her? And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. I was watching to see if she liked the food. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and did you? <laughs> I did. It was so good. Yeah. It was pretty obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. I just, I, you know, I, I love it. I just, I had to hear that from you. And um, good. Now everyone's nice and jealous <laughs> of that awesome story. So now, what would you say then to women who, you know, want to get into a difficult industry like this, but, you know, don't, didn't have like uh, a fairy tale encounter in Italy and, and meet an amazing family? Like what, what is some good advice, some practical advice? Go work at a place like a winery or an olive oil factory. What are they even, in Italian it's called a frontoio. What would I say to her? I would say, my advice is to go work in an industry that's as close as the industry you want to be in. So in the Mm -hmm. olive oil industry, that might not look like you going and making olive oil immediately. If you can join a harvest, that's the time when they're going to recruit more workers because it is very labor intensive. And it's really important to understand the full process of making the product, understanding Mm -hmm. the trees, understanding the entire pressing process. And then if you decide, you know what, I'm actually more interested in the marketing side of olive oil, then see if you can get in into that space. Yeah. But if not getting into olive oil is you can also go into the wine industry. Yeah, I never realized how connected. Yeah, I never how connected they are. Wine and olive oil are very connected. It 
it's interesting how many people have worked in both or who go from one to work in the other. A lot of the wineries in the U.S., also in Italy, produce wine and olive oil. Hmm. However, I'm a firm believer that you can only be very, very good at making one, not both. Okay. <laughs> so what, so, you know, on that note, what is your favorite thing to make with olive oil? Oh my goodness. That is a very hard question. Uh, <laughs> what couple? You can give us a couple. I love pasta aglio e olio, which is pasta with garlic and olive oil. And it's so very simple. underrated. Exactly. It's so simple. If you're using a really high quality olive oil, those flavors come out so strong and delicious and really sometimes people think that you can't cook with olive oil. You absolutely can. You can cook with your high quality olive oil. I don't recommend deep frying with it, but mm -hmm. when you're making a dish like pasta di olio, you can taste all the notes in there because it's the parsley is frying in the olive oil. And so is the mm -hmm. garlic. And if you're going to add breadcrumbs and it's toasting in that olive oil, and then you're like, you're emulsifying, it's emulsifying with the pasta water and the Parmigiano Reggiano. Like it's just becoming this beautiful goopy mess. That's delicious oh, and beautiful so when it's plated properly. And then I love all seafood with olive oil. So like pasta vongole cozze, which is like pasta with mussels and clams mm -hmm. with our, with our tutti is one of my favorite dishes to eat because the tutti pairs so well with seafood. Mm -hmm. And then as a main dish, it's a tie between a roasted salmon filet and vrasciole, which are Calabrian meatballs. Mm. And we like to bake them in the oven. So the bottoms almost fry and it's really good with the lina because it's almost, it's like frying in the, on the bottom of the baking tray in the mm. oven. And it's so good, but vrasciole are essentially elongated meatballs. Sounds amazing. I just have one more question about this. Is it true that you can make olive oil brownies? Oh my goodness. Yes. I don't know why you're <laughs> waiting to make them either. You should go do that right now. <laughs> they are incredible. so good and moist. I also have made an olive oil chocolate loaf cake, Ooh. which is incredible. And I'm going to make that again today. Are these I can't your... stop thinking about it. <laughs> it sounds so good. Are these recipes on your website? The olive oil brownies are a Melissa Clark recipe and then the chocolate loaf cakes, a Jake Cohen recipe. I need to actually link to them on our site. Yeah. So tell so us I'll about your, your website. How, how can everyone get in touch with you? How can they get some olive oil? How can they? You can shop all of our olive oils at exaoliveoil.com. I'll spell that out for you. It's E-X-A-U oliveoil.com. And we also have a lot of articles talking about what extra virgin olive oil is and what it isn't, how extra virgin olive oil is made. We go through the step-by-step -step process. If you're really interested in learning more about harvest and pressing, check out our Instagram because we have the entire harvest and pressing process saved on our stories. And our Instagram mm -hmm. is EXAU olive oil. And we'll put all that in the show notes so everyone can find it more easily. Oh my gosh. I I'm so hungry now. How can you do this to me? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm hungry too. I'm going to go. I think we're going to either have carbonara today or matzichana. And if you're on the website, 
both those recipes are on our website. So you can go make those and pasta olios up there too. So we got you covered. There's also pizza, there's (laughs) focaccia, like there's so many good things. Oh, it sounds great. Just up there, Parmigiana is up there too. That um, her Parmigiana recipe was just featured in La Cucina Italiana U- USA. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I would hop on that. Definitely real quick. check. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, Skylar, it's been such an honor to have you on the show. You have big things going on, and we're just we're so excited to continue to follow your journey and to be able to say we knew you back back when. So awesome. thank you so thank, much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.